Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello and welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. Today I have, do you want me to call you Julie or Jules? Um, either one, wherever you I want. Have, I have both in my, in my <laughs> something else. Anyway, I have one of the incredible AFM coaches with me today. I'm going to go with Jules. How are you? Okay. Um, wonderful, cold, but wonderful. How are you? Yeah, same. <laughs> same basically, yeah. Um, okay, so I thought we'd start with like a little bit about your story, the businesses that you've built, and then we'll move on to kind of like when we started working together and but let's start with that let's start with you and and your story into fitness and your businesses okay so I didn't even become a personal trainer until I was 30 or 31 so relatively in this industry fairly fairly late to Mm. train as a personal trainer I love that Um, a lot of people have this limiting belief of like well if I'm not 22 years old and fresh and whatever so did you did you feel like that? Like, was that a thought that you had? No. Well, it all came about because because I'd struggled so much with my body image. And yeah, body image is probably the main thing. And I felt my weight was causing my body image issues. But I actually now realise it was probably the other way about. So my uncle, who has been a bodybuilder his whole life, got me into fitness taught me how to lift and I just when I say now to people that learning to lift will change your life it's not an exaggeration because it literally changed might it changed my whole outlook on things on nutrition training confidence absolutely everything so because I'd struggled my whole adult life till I was like 28 with that learned how to lift weights and learned more about training not about dieting and I was like, I've got to share this with people. And I just, I, it never even occurred to me that I could be told. Like I never, now I see a lot of people saying, oh, I'm 29, I'm 34. Is it too late to retrain to be a PT? And it never even occurred to me. I just thought I've found this way. I should share this with other people. And that's, so I trained, retrained, because I always worked in, I worked in um, property and insurance and stuff. So trained to be a personal trainer, and I was like, right, I'm away to be a great big fitness success. Left my job. And I'm like, wow, this is really hard. This isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. And I had to go and ask for my job back like 10 weeks later. And I was like, right, obviously being a personal trainer is just not for me full time. But what I think my problem was, I was probably in authenticity when I think about it now, but I was trying to be what I thought a personal trainer should be rather than so I worked in a commercial gym and it just the actual gym floor wasn't for me I mean we work in personal time but it's in a studio and it just I think I was just trying to be a stereotypical personal trainer and it didn't fit didn't work and I went back and I wasn't going to work full-time as a personal trainer again went back to my corporate job and then a couple of years later started doing like one class at the weekend then it was two then I did an evening of personal training and it just grew from there. And I ended up doing them both full time. I thought I had to give up one. So that was 2016. Yeah. 
and I left the same job that I'd already left to become a great fitness success. I was like, right, I'm away again. And they're like, oh, do you think you'll be back this time? And I was like, no, this time I won't. And I knew because I'd followed my heart as opposed to what everyone told me to do to be successful. Mm. And it was fine. It's been fine for the last what, seven years now. So yeah. And then you, you know, like, and then I feel like you've missed out. Now you have your own studio. So yeah. How, what happened next? So I started off and it was the gym that I'd trained in. It's a local privately owned gym and they had a couple of dance studios and it was a time that my first studio was, it was so small that when I had two clients in at the same time, I had to sit on the spin bike and pull my legs up because there literally wasn't enough floor space for three humans to stand in this space. So you can imagine in the summer, it was so warm. Um, And then they let me extend into the next room and then extend into the room again. So we ended up with a really, really big studio, which was great. It was always super, super busy, but probably at that point, not knowing a lot of the things I know now about business, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, So after lockdown, I wasn't going to have a studio at all. And then we moved into the new studio that we're in now, which has got like four rooms in it that, connect together so you can use it all as one space or you can use it as separate spaces um and it's very much a smaller boutique studio we keep classes quite small because it's all very much about personal service and everyone knows each other all of our coaches there's four of us in total all of our coaches know everyone that comes in the door so as soon as they walk in, they see the person and they know, okay, they've got a shoulder injury, so I'm not going to let them do X, Y, Z. We can pick people's weights out for them. And it's, we laugh and we say, it's like, you know, cheers, where everybody knows your name and they're always yeah. glad you came. That's our studio. Um, oh, I love that. Everybody knows each other. Because it's very, you know, like it's almost impossible to compete with the gym, pure gym, like the big commercial gyms, unless you are distinctly different and that obviously is something that you would never get at a commercial gym and that's why people go to you and not the other gym yeah I think I think that was one of the mistakes that I made probably early on was trying to compete on price and if you're a individual privately owned gym you can't compete on price but you can absolutely complete compete on service mm. and the personal service that people get but you're you're never going to beat your pure gyms or whatever on price. Yeah, agreed. And then moving forward a little bit, now you've built your online business very successfully, very quickly in probably the hardest time of year to do so and a cost of living crisis, which is very impressive. And I will say the one thing that I think stands out about you and actually hearing that kind of makes sense if you were like, hey, yeah, I was working two full-time jobs. Like your work <laughs> ethic is good. And your ability to just action stuff, like I'm just going to take action on this, is like up there with the best people I know. So I think that's down to like some of the reasons that you've been so successful so quickly. But I think that definitely comes from my mum. Like she taught me that from when I was little, that you can kind of do anything you want, but you've got to put the work in. And it was always like you wanted something when you were little and so you had to do the dishes, like little things, but it teaches you that if I work hard, I can have X, Y, and Z. It's interesting, the small, when you look back and you're like, wow, that was so 
that shaped my life and like my work ethic and just the way that I think so much but it was actually probably just like a small it's such a small thing when you think about it interesting anyway so let's talk about how you built your online side and kind of when we first met where you were business-wise and what you wanted to create initially it's all so we had a very small it came from lockdown really so obviously and I think everyone will know this things that worked in lockdown worked very successfully but they didn't last when we've put real life back into them so we still had a very small online plan which was huge in lockdown but it just didn't when we went back to normal life just didn't really carry the same momentum and it was essentially what we had was group fitness online because group fitness had been taken away so we moved group fitness online which now the change that I've made since working with you is going from providing group fitness online which isn't hugely required anymore and we've moved it more to coaching with a wee bit of group fitness do you mean so that the main component of it is the coaching, the accountability, the support, the education, as opposed to it being just about group fitness. So we still do have Zoom classes, but they are supplemental to the coaching plan that we've launched in the last like eight weeks, I want to say. Yeah, I think that's a good lesson for a lot of, I mean, business owners in general, but especially personal trainers who were like, and I've had a lot of these discussions, like I had a, a really successful online business in lockdown and now I've kind of let all that go. And part of it is because the personal trainer starts to focus more on the in-person again. So your your time is now like split between the two. And then part of it, like you say, like life is changing. And the thing is, life will always be changing in some ways. And I think that's what's so important about business is that you're always adapting, like you're always trying to improve it kind of like what we just spoke about in our last call where you're like hey actually this app doesn't work the best I'm gonna change things and it's only been one intake and we're already making changes to improve things if you want to be successful online you kind of always have to be like thinking about what's the next thing I'm going to change it's never going to be the finished product and I think a lot of people hold themselves back by being like I'm not going to launch this until it's perfect I'm like you can't possibly know what's perfect or what's going to work until you go and what was perfect six months ago for online coaching isn't perfect today like you have to keep adapting with these things and learning from your clients and I know you've had great feedback and then made changes based on that feedback I, th- I think that's probably one of the most important lessons for business owners is to be comfortable with change and don't be married to things because yeah there'll be things that you think are a great idea and they probably are great ideas but and I think we've discussed this a couple of times on masterminds if that's not what your clients want change it like yeah maybe it's it's technically brilliant and it has all these amazing features and all this stuff but I think being adaptable to change and being comfortable with change is super important and just when something's not working be okay with the fact that it's not, I think this a lot of business owners maybe take that personally, that when something doesn't work, they think I have failed. Well, A, if you failed, great, because you've found a way that doesn't work, so you can cross that off the list and move to the next thing. And it's not you that's failed, it's a system or a procedure, or it's not 
separate your out from that. It's such an important mindset to have, especially with things like social media or more broadly, like your business as a personal trainer, because it does feel very personal because people are working with you, right? So it's quite easy to feel like, oh, I did a launch and, you know, I only got two signups and I was aiming for 12 or something. And you're like, wow, that's a personal thing on me. And it's like, it might just be that you're not that good yet at articulating what you do and how it can help people. Or you didn't use the right method of contacting people or you didn't really have any marketing plan whatsoever and you just thought people were going to fall on your lap like it's all learning and if you can take a step back and kind of see it more like an experiment or a game of like okay I'm going to try this for 30 days and see if it works if it doesn't work I'll try the next thing I'll I'll tweak it I'll get some feedback and I'll make it better and then I think something that comes up quite a lot on masterminds is like us as personal trainers thinking that there are certain ways that we give value but clients feel differently about that so like a prime example of this might be oh yeah I send my clients 30 minute loom videos every week but some of them don't even watch it and it's like you think as a personal trainer you're giving a ton of value but you're not looking at from the client perspective of how do I want to be spoken to actually Mm -hmm. I want a voice note or actually I really like it written so I can look back on it and even weeks later I might look back on that as well versus a voice note where I'd have to sift through 10, 20 minutes of you talking to try and find the piece of information I was looking for. Like different people like to be communicated with in different ways. And we tend to see like the level of value of like written as lowest, then a voice note, then a video. But like, that's not necessarily true. And even just things like the length of time, like more time, you think the more time you give, the greater the value, but not because some people might not have 30 minutes. So you might be demanding 30 minutes of their time. So they feel like they're giving you something as opposed to getting from you completely. Yeah. Yeah. And who does have that amount of time to sit down? Like, I think normally the first like week or two, you're like, oh, this is great. I'm so excited. Look at all this I'm getting. And then when your coaching becomes part of their life, they're like, huh? really want to watch a 30 minute video again of like very similar things that we've spoken about before I'd rather have like a bullet point highlight and I don't know a quick voice note to explain one concept that I hadn't quite got my head around yet bam so yeah I think making sure that you use something that is so valuable which is the feedback instead of guessing like I I have to remind people of this all the time I remind myself of it all the time I'm like oh I wonder if this would work then I'm like why don't you just ask your clients if they would like that do you want way quicker than like pondering this for ages like just ask for some feedback and with social media now it's so easy to do and with like like google forms and stuff it's like getting feedback and getting people's opinions is so easy and beneficial because when someone feels part of something they're more likely to stay if you're like hey guys would you like an extra zoom call on a friday and they're like "Yeah, yeah 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 or like, you know, giving people options and they feel like they've somehow contributed and molded to the community that you're trying to create. Yeah. Make them feel more part of it, which was my next question for you, because I think one thing you've done incredibly well is create a community. Are there certain things that you feel have worked or certain ways of approaching, like, I don't know, the building of the business that has helped you make a community? I think that you see asking for people's opinions is is huge because like and I'm sure you said this the other week it's not that people are joining my team I'm joining theirs that it's not that they get to be a part of my coaching it's that I get to 
jump in on their life and be the person that helps them. So if, and that is the thing, if you think about things like really typically community centres, it would be the community that, that shapes it. And that that is what makes a community. So I think getting people's feedback and actually offering what people need and want makes a big difference because I think as personal trainers, we can all get bogged down too much on, well, this study says X, Y, and Z. Therefore, yes, that might be in study conditions, the optimal situation, but you've got to factor in that people have got jobs and kids and they want to make it fun. Like studies don't often incorporate how much fun something is when you're looking at fat loss. So I think incorporating what people actually want to do alongside what will get them results makes a big difference. And one of the things that we used to do, this was before everyone knew each other and we did it at the start of every single class. We started at the bottom corner, I would go first and everybody just threw their hand up and shouted their name. So you didn't need to introduce yourself to anyone. So as we were warming up, I would go Jules and point to the first person and it, we would just zigzag up and down the room and everyone would just shout their name. So everyone knew each other's names, which was quite a big thing wow. because when people come in, they would be like, oh, that's, oh yeah, Emma was here yesterday as opposed to the girl that wears the grey hoodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also had a, a room that we used to use for Pilates and we turned it into like a kind of social room and the chairs all sat around in a circle. And as people came in, people would come in early from work. People would come in early and everybody would sit around in a circle and just chat before we started training. And quite often I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute, we should have started five minutes ago. Right, everybody up and next door. And yeah. I think just like it's the little thing. It was actually, the community was all built on things that weren't fitness and nutrition related. Yeah. And a lot of times we would, especially when new people come in, that'd be the, the tip I would give anyone is make sure you look after the new people that come in because it's, we all probably forget this as well because we would walk into pretty much any gym. It's extremely daunting going in somewhere new or even somewhere you've been a few times. So we used to always, when someone new come in, introduce them to everyone. And then in the class, partner them up with someone who was a, a veteran member and say, oh, Leslie will look after you. And we would also always make sure someone was with them to help them pick their weights if it wasn't one of the coaches. Because you know that if you go to like a kettlebell class and you're like, what weight have I taken? Is everybody taking weights? Have I taken it dumbbells? Have I taken a kettlebell? What would the... And that's a horrible, horrible feeling. So knowing that you've got the right stuff, people are glad you're there, somebody knows your name, all made such a difference it is you're right it's the little things and I'm even thinking in terms of I know a lot of people listening and like myself included aren't doing the in-person stuff anymore so it's more like the online but it, the little things matter for that as well like it's knowing that so and so is pregnant or that someone's birthday is coming up or that like just the like it might not seem like important in terms of coaching but I think that's the key to building the community aspect that people want to be part of and then when you're looking at like, okay, real hard concrete results, there is huge like research that shows that if you have a group of people, like a support group, essentially, their social norms rub off on you. So you might be someone who's like, yeah. it is not normal for me to go out for a walk. But if you've got 
a group of people, even if it is online, that are all doing the same thing and supporting each other and holding each other accountable, then it does become a social norm of that group that rubs off on you. And it does become more like, I guess, quote unquote, normal. And I think you you underestimate the impact that that can have on someone's like hardcore fat loss results is having this supportive side. And I think it's often forgotten when it comes to like one-to-one coaching because a lot of people think okay well the best thing is one-to-one because I'm getting like more personalized approach but often with one-to-one like you miss out on the group aspect yeah I know from like the EC method people get so much from that group as opposed to from Chloe and I as coaches and I think it's a bit of a secret weapon that like most people don't realize the benefit of it until they're in it Mm -hmm. But then they're like, wow, actually, I could probably attribute at least 50% of my results to what I'm getting from being in this group versus what I'm getting from coaching. So that's it, interesting. It's good. Obviously, you and I work one-to-one, which is great, but also we've got like the group and our weekly mastermind that we're on as a group, but it's hugely beneficial. So there's so much to be said for being in that environment of other people that want to create the same habits because everyone does the sharing of ideas is is brilliant like you think somebody will suggest something that seems very simple and very obvious to them and you think well I've never thought of that and it applies obviously this with us it's in a business context but with fat loss someone will make a suggestion for a snack or a way to get your steps up or something and someone's like well I've never actually thought of that and then they're like thanks very much Shona for the tip you've built that bit of relationship there and it just yeah I think the community aspect is probably one of the biggest benefits yeah to coach I think it also breaks your glass ceilings like it's one thing me and me or you being like to a client hey like you can get your steps in coming from two people that kind of like you know it's our job and like we love exercise and we've been doing this for years versus the woman next to you who's you know maybe two or three weeks ahead of you and it's like oh no I felt like that at the start it did feel really overwhelming don't worry like this does help like it's so much more reassuring from them than it is Uh and likewise with the coaching like you know there'd be people that are like oh I just can't I can't even imagine getting my first five clients and someone else would be like hey I felt like that a couple of weeks ago trust me it happens like or even things like further on where you're like I have this glass ceiling over the fact that I'll never be able to coach more than 30 people or something and then you've got someone else who's like, so I'm now on 100 people in my group. And you're like, wow, like it is possible. And hey, they don't look that different than me. As in like, I think that they're like within reach of what I'm capable of. And then you start thinking, hey, I can do this stuff. And usually, you know, once you start believing that you can actually achieve something, you're much more likely to actually achieve it. So I do think that the the group element is massive. And then I think yeah. the real skill of that, which you've like you've kind of given some examples there of of showing how you can do it is within a group making every individual feel heard and like you want them to be there basically like they're important that's kind of the skill of group coaching and that's everyone has something different to contribute and that's because it takes lots of different personalities Mm. and that but again that's what's great about having a community you're always going to have people that contribute more or contribute less and often I find that there'll be people that don't see much in the community 
but when I speak to them one-to-one, they're getting so much from it. So I think that's a mistake to avoid. Don't assume because someone doesn't post a lot or they don't comment a lot in your WhatsApp groups that, that you're not giving them value. Mm-hmm. It might be that they're soaking in all of them. And people absorb things differently. So again, but if you're asking for feedback, you're going to know that you're providing value. So I think definitely ask it. And I think a lot of people think when you ask for feedback, because you want the feedback, it, you feel as if you're asking people to give you something, but you're also giving people a chance to contribute and actually shape the product into something that's even better for them. So I think that's maybe why people avoid asking for feedback because they feel as if you're saying, oh, can you do me a favor and give me feedback? But realistically, it's, we've got this product. Tell me how I can make it better for you. And in the past, when I've done this, people have come up with ideas and they've said, oh, we could do X, Y, Z, but that's probably really unrealistic. And I'm like, no, it's not. Actually, that's a, like, and it had never occurred to me before. And I'm like, that's a really good idea. It's really easy to do. And people are going to get a lot of value out of it. So I think it's good just definitely not asking for feedback. Yeah, there's they don't feel like you said that you're you feel like you're asking someone for something and you are like you're asking for their time and their thoughts and like to, to consider this stuff but if you can frame it in the way of like I'd like your feedback so I can make this better for you then they're much more likely to be like oh okay and and it's nice to know that the point of the feedback is improved like is to get something back from it essentially because sometimes you do feel like you're you know, when you fill out like random surveys that people are, I'm like, you actually going to do anything with this information? Probably not. They're just like tick box. Like we need to do a survey at the end of this thing. And you kind of think <laughs> it, like, it's not that important. Whereas, and, and then the other thing is don't do it so frequently that it's just annoying to people. Like yeah. give them space and time to experience something, have ideas on it, have thoughts on it. And then like ask for feedback. Um. Okay. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was, something we've spoken about quite a lot on our calls which is moving from like the mindset of being a personal trainer or like a solo I guess like a, well no I'm not going to say sole trader because it doesn't really matter what your business definition is but like a personal trainer working for yourself versus like a business owner yeah and the mindset shift there and actually how important that is for growth I think a lot of people when I think maybe a lot of personal trainers don't see themselves as business owners. They only see themselves as personal trainers and all they do is that working in the business. So the delivering sessions, check-ins, all that kind of stuff. And they don't take enough time out to look at the direction of the business, to look at things like cash flow, the finances, all of that other stuff. But if you don't take the time to work on the business as well as in the business, you lack direction. And actually, that was one of the things we've talked about this, that I felt one of the reasons I joined AFM was because I felt I lacked direction. Like, we were doing lots of different things and they were successful and got the studio and we were online, but it just, it didn't feel as if it was going in a specific, scalable, buildable, deliberate direction. It was more organic. Like, we'll see what happens next. And it's, I think, it's that, it's having direction if you don't work as a business owner rather than just a personal trainer you're never going to have that direction and I think a lot of people because they've come from especially if they've worked in the fitness industry their entire career 
They think, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a business person. And like, I guess it's a limiting belief that because you think of business people as people in suits, whereas like, and then I think you're backwards. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I think a lot of people start it kind of, I guess, kind of as you did, like the second time you started, where it's a bit of like a side hustle and, hey, I do some classes in the evening. And then it's like, well, actually, now you own a studio and you've got this many people and you've got basically, like, you know, you've got other coaches that are working for you. Like, this is a business. Yeah. You can get so busy in the business, like taking the class, that you never have time to kind of get the perspective to be like, this is what we've got now like where's it going next and and sometimes that takes like taking a step back to take a step forward so yeah. say you're a very busy face-to-face personal trainer you're trading time for money all the time you're full but like you're now at capacity where do you go like mm-hmm. increase your prices a bit probably not that much depending on the area that you're in like there will be a sort of cap as to what realistically you can do and then you you don't have time because you're always trading time for money. So if you want to essentially build your yep. business on that sole model, you just need to give more and more time. And it will normally take cutting your hours back and being like, I need to spend some time on my marketing. I need to spend some time on how I can scale this. I need to decide whether I want to open my own gym and have personal trainers working for me, or I want to have an online side to my business, or I'm going to have coaches underneath me, or I'm going to have like a hybrid type model so I can take on more clients but give less time because really what I should be selling is the result not the amount of hours that I'm putting into this and that's not a scalable business model and I think that is kind of the key moment when you often change from feeling like a personal trainer to a business owner but it's very hard like sometimes you don't even realize you have that mindset because it started as a bit of fun uh-huh. and now you need to start seeing this as a serious business or it won't grow and if you're looking for close, then you need to start being like, hey, okay. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people get simply from joining AFM as in like, you've made now an investment into your business. And even that kind of makes you level up a little bit. You're like, okay, yeah. I've now put my, I've put some money on the line. Because a lot of the time with fitness businesses, there's actually, especially online, unless you like buy a gym or something, like there's no initial investment apart from your time so when you start doing that sometimes it levels you up to be like no this is a business this is a business expense and the whole point is that I'm investing this because I think it's gonna or I know if I put in the work it's gonna grow my business but it's the same reason that we would advise people not to give training for free because you're taking away that opportunity for your clients to invest in themselves and to have a reason to be successful and it works exactly the same if if you're not making any investment in your business why why would you be pushed to get those results mm. so yes yeah, it's, it's very similar and I think a lot of people also think when it comes to growing the business that obviously you've got to take hours back from working in the business and think well I'll help less people if I'm taking five six hours away a week but if you take that five or six hours away a week, you can then develop systems, develop procedures. And actually, in the longer term, you can help more people if you take that little bit of time away to develop the business. Because, I mean, like the, the hour that we spend on Mastermind every week, sure, everybody could be doing an hour of personal training or check-ins or something in that time. But 
I know for all of us on Mastermind, that hour is invaluable. And what we learn in that from each other in that hour probably gives so much more to our clients during the rest of the week. So I think that's something, a pitfall that people maybe fall into that think, I can't take time away from my clients to work on business things because then I'm not helping them. But you'll actually help them so much more and help so many more people in the long run by making that investment in yourself and your business. Couldn't have said it better myself. The other thing I was thinking about today was... I guess like, and it kind of triggered me as you were saying, triggered that thought as you were saying, like you wouldn't want to give freebies. And I totally agree with that. Now I used to very much be like, oh, well, if someone's going to give me like, as in like, I would take a freebie, right? If someone was like, oh yeah, I'll just jump on a call with you or whatever. I'd much rather pay them now. Cause I'm like, no, no, I want to pay you your hourly rate for this hour because I also want you to show up like having done a bit of prep, like done the work that we thought we were going to, you know, like basically if I'm gonna, if I, like, if I was working with someone, I don't know, to, if it was a mentor for me or something, I'm like, I don't want this time for free. I want to pay you so that you're going to deliver to me. Yeah. Kind of similar with personal training. Like a lot of the time with friends, if it's like a free session, you might cancel it before, or you might say, yeah, yeah, I can come, but I'm going to have to take a quick call halfway through. You would never do that if someone was paying you, right? You would yeah. be like halfway through a PT session. Sorry, like I'm going to have to just like quickly take this call. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Whereas if it's a free session, you might be like, yeah, yeah, we'll do 30 minutes instead of an hour today, Um, but it'll be fine. We can finish it off next week. So, you know, like little things like that where you're probably not getting as much from that trainer if you're getting it for free. And they're not getting as much from you either you know like it's this kind of reciprocal thing of like they're probably not going to show up at their best either so I thought that's quite interesting from both perspectives and I always feel better if I'm paying someone for something because then we've then set expectations of each other of I can actually if I am paying you as a trainer mentor delivery person whatever if I'm paying you for this service I can expect a service from you. Whereas if I'm not paying you and there's no investment, I can't really make expectations of you because it's free. And also, you know, if you've had things for free in the past, do you value them the mm. same? So like I would, for our one-to-ones, I would never be like, oh, do you know, Emma, I'm just really tired today. I'll I'll just skip it this week. No, because I'm like, I'm going to I prep for it. I know what we're going to talk about. I make the most of that time. And because I'm active in the process, I've got so much from it. Mm. Because, But you're also active in the process and that's the whole the yeah. whole thing of making the investment. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like in different situations as well. Like my mate's a plumber and now and again, like he'll do stuff for me, but it's always like end of the day, but then you can't make it that day, but then it'll be another. And like, I can obviously absolutely appreciate it, but I'm like, I'd actually rather pay you it, and you could stop me in your actual work hours to yeah. do the job. And equally, like I'm at the stage of life now where I'm like, if my mate has a business, I want to pay them more, not less. Like I don't yeah. want the, like free job at the side. Like I'm like, I'm more than happy to pay you, I'll pay you in cash if you don't want to pay the tax, but like, I want to pay you for this work. Yeah, it's interesting that people want freebies, I think now. Mm-hmm. But I also, I also think from, so would I would I have got the same from AFM if you'd have been like, yeah, just join in? Not necessarily, because I think the fact that you, because it is an investment. Mm-hmm. 
and you do value it more. So I do think, and I don't know that years ago when I started my business, if I would have thought about it the same. And I don't think until you have made one investment. Now, the first time I did it was years ago, but as soon as I made that investment in my business and paid out a sum of money for something to improve the business, I was like, well, this is, you wouldn't hesitate to do it a second time. And I think a lot of people look at the cost of various different things for their business and think, oh, well, that's such and such amount of money. But once you've invested once and you see what you get back from it, it's the same reason people go to personal training for years mm. because they get so much from it. Personal training might seem like a big expense because relatively, especially cost of living crisis, personal training is expensive. Yeah. But what you get back from that time in that hour it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And your health as well. Like, I mean, we could go down a whole different road there. Yeah. I do. I think it's one of the kind of coming back to what we were talking about. It's one of the key aspects of changing from thinking like, I'm just someone like, I'm just, just a personal trainer. I'm, I'm like someone who trades time for money to I'm a business. I need to invest in myself, in my business. Like if I want this to grow, just like you would with any other business. And it really does make you level up to that investment and take yourself more seriously I think that's the key thing I think it is that you see that reframing that mindset switch from I'm just a personal trainer to I'm a business owner in the fitness industry it's essentially the actual business model doesn't have to change but you are a business owner in the fitness industry and it's how you look at it and you probably feel the same that you wear different hats at different times of the day so like just now when we go mastermind, I'll think of myself as a business owner. When I'm in the studio with someone or I'm teaching a class, I feel like a personal trainer. Yeah. yeah. And it's two different perspectives. Yeah, that is an interesting way to view it. Yeah. And then I think if you look to any other business, I think what's harder about personal training is that it is so personal like it's it's like you are your business even though you're you're now a business owner and you have coaches that work for you in a studio and things like it is still very much like you whereas yeah. sometimes it's almost easier when it's separate like I'm thinking like if I owned a coffee shop and we needed a new coffee machine I wouldn't be like oh it's a big investment in my you know like so I'm not investing in myself I'm investing in a physical thing that I get that is for my business that is quite clearly for you know like a business thing like because you wouldn't think am I worth it Am I worth spending that money on you? Like we need coffee, you buy a coffee machine. It's yeah, yeah because it's not a, it's not something. Because I think we all get into personal training because everybody was passionate about it, and it's part of your identity and it means so much to you. Whereas if you manufactured diaries, you wouldn't have the same passion about that actual product because you could make a different product, you could make some other station item or something well, else you might have like the passion about the products but it, I don't think it would and I'm sure it would still feel personal to an extent but not quite the same because you're not essentially giving them you yourself right? uh -huh. <laughs> or selling your service you're like you it would be easier to be like hey that journal didn't do so well because people didn't like this part of it as opposed to like people didn't like the way I did something is uh -huh. a little personal that's why because it's good. Moved. yeah Anyway, um, speaking of masterminds, we've got a mastermind in 15 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> so it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. And thank well, you. Thank so you.
and that was really valuable to people so where can people find you as well if they want to follow you they can find me on instagram and facebook at just jules duncan coaching perfect okay chat soon thank you i hope you got as much as i did from that episode i very much enjoyed recording it jules is incredible such an awesome business mind and an action taker so someone i very much admire if you are interested in signing up to AFM, you can head to afmentors.com and start taking action just like her.